Tonight's narrative is made possible by viewers like you and Hover.com, an easy way to find and register a domain name. Use promo code REACH to get 10% off. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Thursday night's election special. I guess it's still an election special because the votes are still being counted, unbelievably. We still don't have a clear winner in the House. We do have an idea where the Senate will go, but that's not really been called yet. Although we all know that Democrats are really the winners of this election because they performed remarkably well, historically well. And can you believe it? They're still not the actual winners. Eric Garland is with us. I know you've been keeping track of everything. But why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in the news trending department right now? Well, apparently Twitter's fired everyone but you and me and Elon. I mean, we're not sure if they're people. I have a lot of that number. That one always fluctuates. But they're getting rid of their like, various chief security officers and high-level execs. Facebook yesterday shed 15% of its workforce. And it's Facebook stock is down 75% along with like Bitcoin's valuation is down. It's almost like there was some hinky stuff going on in Silicon Valley. And you think, you think maybe consequences are coming home. This people are not linking this out there in the world to the 2016 attack on democracy, but it is a reaction to the 2016 attack on democracy. And anyone who thinks that Facebook's woes in the market these days and their need to fire 3000 people, whatever it was, it's because people have lost faith in that social network. And the management of that social network has not been performing in the way you'd expect a normal corporation to be performing because they've been under these other forces, let's just say. Yeah, Um, they Yes, exactly. They're not normal corporations. Yeah. They are intelligence services. Who have been mining our data, who are busy actively still mining our data in a way that is shocking and is manipulative and is able to determine what we will do before we know what we will do and able to predict trends well before we know what those things are going to be. But they also are able to change the sentiment of a nation. And we've seen that in the last few weeks. And we've seen it on mainstream TV as well. Everyone's been worrying about this red wave, the red tsunami, the red whatever was coming on shore. And guess what? It never showed up because it was never there. It just never existed except in the minds of the political consultants, of the media figures, of the network anchors. It didn't exist when you actually looked at the numbers. It wasn't there. That's true, but I don't want that observation to overtake the historic nature of this election yesterday. The reason it was pretty easy to get away with saying there would be a red wave, even though the numbers didn't suggest that in a lot of the real polling, was that historically after a new party takes the White House in the first midterm, right after, there's a big switchover. So 1992, Bill Clinton comes in. 1994, Newt Gingrich's contract with America, or the contract on America, as I called it. Obama comes in after the 08 election, and 2010, you got uh, Paul Ryan, and then I forget if Boehner, was that when Paul Ryan came in or Boehner? Anyhow, that's 8 and 10, and then 16, Trump got in, and then the Democrats took Congress back in 2018. So that pattern's been going on for 100 years, and this was like the second time it hasn't. I believe. 
So it actually was more reasonable to think that there might be some form of red sploosh, red kiddie pool, red something. That is 100% true that we've seen that in most midterm elections. But we also <coughs> have never seen 43 million voters showing up before voting day and voting in early voting. And we've never seen, well, certainly not in the last 50 years, something as momentous as the uh, Roe versus Wade yeah. decision by the court. So we've got to hear a series of things that people didn't look at when they're factoring in, they're only just looking at the one normal traditional polling data. And let's face it, the pollsters have just been wrong so much in the last few years that they're no longer independent people. They're operatives. They're no longer independently are assessing the marketplace. I don't care how they do it. They just don't seem to get it right over and over again, which to I me mean, means they maybe you should find someone else to fill the airtime with in these pollsters that we pay so much money to. So there's a reason that we have expert groups and strategic analysts out there who try and look at data in a more expert way. If you just ask the average person questions with certain frames on them, the representation of future reality might not really be there. Were polls ever that good? Did yeah. they tell us what to think before we, were, we even thought about them? Polls used to be pretty straightforward when politics was in the middle. Now that politics is in the extreme, it's irrelevant a lot of the time. And in this case, there's only so many people who are actually going to support Donald Trump and, and MAGA at this point. There's a limited and dwindling number of people, which is why I we're actually... We found out yesterday it's close to nobody. Yeah, which is why we call today <laughs> MAGA death. MAGA death. I'm so proud of that. The best that. episode title of this show ever. Yeah. I know. I think it is one of our best. I'm really happy. By the way, Donald Trump not looking so happy in that photo, but telling everyone on Twitter that he was really happy with the results and it was the best victory who could have had such a great victory. Well, it turns out that that's what he looks like when he's very happy and he's just celebrating a best victory. I also love the fact that there's a DeSantis screen there with the results. It says 60% because he's nowhere near that popular, even in Florida, which is a stronghold of the Republican Party. By the way, what has happened to Florida? Why is Florida just not even in the universe of the United States anymore? It's just an outlier. It's, oh, it's run by drug cartels yeah. and jammed full of spies from multiple continents. I mean, look, it's a mob state. <laughs> it's, it's multiple drug cartels, Hezbollah, various intelligence services hanging out there, Roger Stone. The place has got problems. But Hezbollah I mean, is in, I was amazed when you say things like yeah, that. Yeah, they're running just roll over. out of Miami. What is Hezbollah doing in the United States? Right, exactly. Like why are they here? How do they, they get they, here? They mix in with a bunch of mob and run powders and take the cash and do stuff. Oh, oh yeah. I had no idea. I mean, you've said this to me before and every time you say it, I'm like, where do they come from? How, they, Those were the guys mixed up with like the prime minister of the British Virgin Islands. Remember where they like, yes, yes, like remember that. dudes got arrested in Miami at the airport for making cocaine deals with the Sinaloa slash the Hezbollah. And it turned out they were DEA informants and awkward. It's very um, awkward. It's not a look you really want to have. Also in Louisiana, they <laughs> voted for slavery as one does in 2022. There were five initiatives to basically abolish the language of slavery in various states, and four of the states uh, voted to abolish slavery. But Louisiana, no, 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 they're keeping it. So here's the actual story, if you are doubting my... Vermont, you, Vermont voted on Tuesday to remove exemptions allowing slavery. We got rid of our exemptions to slavery in 1777, so I'm... Yes, well, it says here that the... Uh, the four U.S. states have voted to remove language from their state constitutions that said slavery is legal and criminal, criminal punishment. punishment. Yes. But Louisiana voted to keep slavery exception after the legislator who had sponsored the ballot initiative turned against it. Jordan said he that the measure could have inadvertently expanded slavery. 
Advocates of the initiative say it needed to prevent prisoner abuse. They hope to remove the same exemption from the U.S. Constitution. So it's a technical thing we're saying there, obviously, but nevertheless... That goes Louisiana. The Agape School, one of their affiliates got hit with a civil suit that cites a violation of the 13th Amendment of the Constitution because they were employing slave labor. So we're not out of the woods yet yeah. on the slavery thing. I was just surprised that New England still had an issue. But There's people who still think that prisoners should be used for every little bit of, of labor that they can get out of them. I'm not one of those people, but that certainly seems to be a lot of the impetus here is to keep abusing prisoners by making them work for people for free. That's the nature of the chain gang in, in mm. Jim Crow post-Civil War. Pre-Civil War, they had black people picking crops and doing manual labor and having no rights. And then we had the Civil War and... Then they started policing systems that then charged them with crimes, took away their freedom and put them back in the fields and elsewhere to do manual labor for free. Yeah. I mean, so, there's some people who haven't caught on to the fact that the Civil War has been fought and won and continue to think that they're still living in, those, in that era. It's remarkable to me. I'm not sure we've won all the way yet. I think yeah. that's one of the things we learned here. It, it's pretty recalcitrant. I think we should be done with it, but... Who knows? Who knows? So that's one of the things that has surprised me about the votes. The upside stuff that really surprised me over the last few days is Gretchen Whitmer, who has just done a remarkable job coming out of a very difficult event where she was targeted by crazy people, really. There's only one way to describe these extremists who were going to kidnap her, do all sorts of terrible things to her, take her. It was just a horrible attempt to destroy her and her life. And she was cool as a cucumber during the whole thing. And now she's poised to have a double-digit victory in Michigan. I'm not sure how Michigan state voters have done in the state assembly there, but I just feel like they... The, they've, got, they've got both chambers. They did, right? I mean, That's it's, what I thought. It's a clean sweep. Unbelievable. Dana Nessel's back in the attorney general. They got the Senate. They got the House for the first time in 40 years. Gretchen Whitmer, her kidnappers being put in prison, and she's winning with double digits, so... Dems are crushing it in Michigan. And this is what we wanted to see. This is when we were looking for the last year as we've been counting down to election day. I've been really interested in what will happen in the state houses because that's the ultimate plan of the Council for National Policies to recast the Constitution by winning all these state houses. It's also, as you found out in Missouri, that's how there's so much corruption in these state houses because no one pays attention to them. They're run by lobbyists and corrupt politicians who just do it for the money, the illegal money. And here we're beginning to see, I'm not saying the Democrats aren't corrupt, but we're beginning to see a sea change in who's getting elected and just tossing out some of the old institutions and all the old institutional power is very powerful. And I think we're beginning to see it in some places. I was hoping for a lot more of the state houses to flip, but we've had a few very significant ones. Hi there, it's Zev from Narrative. Have you ever had a great business idea, but just didn't know where to start? Well, one of the first steps to building a new business is a domain name by Hover. That's because it's more important than ever to have an online presence and your domain name by Hover is your first step in building your online brand. Hover.com makes it quick and easy to find the perfect domain name for your business with over 400 available extensions. And with their connect feature, you can easily connect your Hover domain name to many popular website builders with just a few clicks. Plus, Hover offers free Who Is Privacy. That's free Who Is Privacy that protects your personal information from being released online. Don't let the complicated search, sign-up, and connection process of other domain providers stop you from starting your online brand today. 
Hover makes it easy to get started. So what are you waiting for? Find your perfect domain name at hover.com forward slash reach. Plus, Narrative Live viewers get 10% off right now. If you use the promo code reach, that's R-E-A-C-H, or go to hover.com forward slash reach. Well, there are some that are just so overwhelmed with one party, almost always the Republican Party, because these national organizations have targeted those races for 10, 20, 30 years, built up institutions, dumped money in. So, you know, a place like Missouri, you still have a Republican Party with a supermajority. However, we had a super bright spot this past Tuesday with the election of Diamond State and Williams to the North Carolina State House. We broke the Republican supermajority there. So now Governor Cooper keeps his veto power. And a lot of crazy stuff that you get in Missouri, you ain't going to get in North Carolina starting Tuesday. So, so bright spots all I over. didn't realize there was so much movement there in North Carolina. What was the driving force behind that? Well, over the last 30 years, when you get rid of the Jesse Helms set and you start putting banks down there, you have different people move into the state who have different values. Nevertheless, you have the Republicans have taken enormous control, but you've got a GOP there. You have a state party that's involved in like racketeering scandals, just like Ohio. Right. And it looks pretty messy and it's going to get messier. Thank you for explaining that to me. What is going to happen to Donald Trump? He's still intending on the 15th to announce his re-election bid. <laughs> I mean, do dude, it, man, do, do it, it. <laughs> do it. I mean, you argue for why he should do it. <laughs> Tell He's us our why. best friend right now. Yeah. Look, he is cooties incarnate. I will give him the list of everybody I want him to endorse in this next election for 2024. I can't wait for the 2024 election, but I sure hope Donald Trump is in it. It's just fascinating to me oh. that he even thinks he's in contention. And if he were elected, who would work for him? Is there anybody in the country that would step up into that administration and do anything for this guy? He is radioactive to the nth degree. Well, there's radioactive and there's a fact that most of his last administration spends all day every day in a grand jury in one state or another. Yeah. So it's like the they're too busy. Getting, go away. Yeah. Yeah. He could also be indicted and in jail at the time. It's quite possible that he could be running an election from a jail cell, which is, just, um, which is just stunning. God, they may never get back to the talent level of Kaylee McEnany. That's yeah. sad. And what's her name? Became the governor of Arkansas. Sarah Huckabee, Huckabee yes. Sanders. Yes. Yeah. So she got a new job. I miss her. She was good times too. And you ever uh, see know. a picture of her dad with Shinzo Abe in Japan and like uh, oh. one of the Yakuza's top money men? That, oh, that's a fun photo. No, I didn't see that. I didn't realize he was in bed with that crowd, but it doesn't surprise me. He was quite prolific around the world. It was Governor Huckabee. So I guess they're I'm keeping on the tradition. I'm not saying that the people in Arkansas or Huckabees are Dixie Mob, but did you know that the Dixie Mob has a lot of connections with the Yakuza in Japan? Just throwing that out there. I have no idea. You're actually telling me something brand new. So thank you for sharing that with me. You know what the problem is? I'll tell you what honestly is the problem is that Democrats should be saying right now, why aren't we winning? Like, why aren't we winning the House? They're poised to maybe win the House, but I don't think they will finally capture the House, despite my prediction that they would win both the House and the Senate. I was very wrong in the House. It looks like the Republicans are going to have a slight lead there. But even that is considered a victory when you look at the history of midterms, as you've spoken to me about before. But there's a problem. There's a problem the fact that red state voters have votes that are worth a lot more than Democratic state voters, or blue state voters. Here in Missouri, you have an issue where you have 
I think roughly 57% of the population is the median per election that votes Republican, but they have 91% of the congressional seats because of gerrymandering. So I, that's where the power of one voter is overpowered by another. The way that the districts are set up, they've drawn the map to select which whatever 100,000 voters gets a congressional seat. They make sure that all the voters that are likely to go in one party, they end up in the same district. So well, that, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, what this is, is a actual accounting for the value of a voter's vote in the red state based on population for each of those. And so I think that they try to balance this out, but that it's not actually balanced at all. And in the end analysis, red state voters have more powerful voters than blue states. So it's like the lower the number, that means you have more power. So this is a 22 average ranking if you aggregate all the states and 28.9 for the Democrats. Now, maybe you're not familiar with this particular methodology, but it makes sense in some ways. There are just a lot fewer people in red states. And so they have comparatively higher levels of representation. My understanding is that there's, there's proportionality, but I'd have to check. Yeah. Wyoming has one senator, or sorry, one congressman at large. Mm -hmm. They have roughly the population of Vermont. Vermont has one. Mm -hmm. But on the historic side and on the good news side here, last night marked the first time all 50 states has at least one woman representing them in Congress. Wow, that's a very good fact. Huh. That is really fascinating. So I'm going to read you from here from the site that I got this from. It is saying that with the population of the U.S. eligible vote estimated at over 252 million, it's easy to wonder how much your individual vote counts. Although the U.S. gives all citizens age 18 or old the right to vote, aside from felons in most cases, ballots carry different weights based on the state in which you live. Take California, for instance. Its estimated population is over 68 times greater than Wyoming's. Yet each state has two seats in the Senate. In this case, less is more. California's voters are weakened exponentially because each of its senators must represent tens of millions more residents. However, the House of Representatives apportions its, states, its seats by population, so California has 53, while Wyoming has just one. When it comes to presidential elections, they're saying is the Senate is more unbalanced. Well, what we have here is an argument about the design, because this was intentional, actually. Right. The founders were like, there's going to be population centers, and we've had a chance to amend these parts of the Constitution if we wanted to. The thought is that a state like Vermont gets the same number of senators as California, even though California has vastly more economic power, produces way more R&D and patents and everything else. It's more important militarily than Vermont is. And Vermont has the same number of people in the most important chamber there, but it's proportional in the House, but it's mm -hmm. disproportionate in the Senate. Now, you can say, well, that gives a disproportionate amount of power to the voters in some states, yeah. such as Vermont. And, and mostly Delaware, red states, get, mostly red states get more power. It's when you look at all these rankings and I've got them in front of me here, it's mostly the red states that are have a lesser population that stands to reason many of them are rural or rurally based. And it's even if it's a slight margin, the voting power by for each of those voters in red states is higher. So I'm not saying it would change the vote. Vermont completely. was heavily Republican until the 90s. We were the, like the only state that didn't vote for FDR on re-election during World War II. We were that Republican. It meant something different then. So you're right now that there, there's a lot more power in the rural 
um, parts of America that because of political operations and psy operations and whatnot, those places have been fairly well radicalized. Cross that over with evangelicalism and foreign operations. And look, there's a lot of ugly decisions getting made out there. But the system itself is set up to be unequal in that way. To give rural states a cantilever against the natural power of the urban states. That, and Is that you know, fair? I, I know what you're saying. I guess it's, it is a way of balancing that, it out. But when you've got a situation like this where we've had an incredible turnout by Democrats, I mean, I think the Gen Z vote was unbelievably huge. I don't know the exact number of how the <clears throat> Gen Zers voted, but they voted in such a huge amount across the country. And Democrats should have won everything handily yesterday. It should have been a complete sweep. It should have been a landslide victory. And that the fact that a landslide victory under this system means you barely get a chance at winning the House, that's not very fair. Well, I'd say offhand, the Democratic Party has a long way to go to catch up. The mm. Democratic Party played strong hands very weakly. <clears throat> it's funny you mentioned the rural areas being red and that being more dominant and that being the result of the Center for National Policy, the, the Koch brothers, all them guys having focused on this, focused on local races. They have, they've focused, they've put in resources, they've done work, they've done teamwork. Well, it's interesting. Some of that's the Democrats' faults for not pushing back. And a good example of that was in District 1 of the State House. It's not a U.S. Congress race. It's the State House race. District 1, way up in the northwestern part of Missouri, there's a woman named Jess Piper who ran in a district that often doesn't even have a Democratic candidate at all. And so her candidacy was dirt road Democrat. She's like, I am not fancy from one of the cities. I'm one of you. I believe in things you want. And I'm on Twitter and I'm talking and I'm meeting all my neighbors. And she was quite a sensation. She raised a quarter million dollars, which for those races is very big time in that part of Missouri. And there were Democratic strategists around here, folks, who were like, she should give her money away because she can't win up there anyhow. Yeah. Oh. And it's like, well, then go get more money. Well, then go run again next year. Or how about try to win or make a plan? The Republicans made inroads in places that they shouldn't have made inroads. They Look, they've been taking over the working class and they've been solidly screwing the working yeah. class. That's a neat trick. Yeah. It's because they tried. And look, if the Democratic Party is going to win this thing, and I don't care which party it is, as long as it represents the rule of law and economic progress and uh, is opposed people. to slavery. Yeah. Opposed yeah. to evil. Yeah. Those are my values. I don't care. You can put on a different color t-shirt, blue state, teal state. Maroon state, I don't care what color Absolutely. state is. But for right now, the Democratic Party is the antidote to whatever the hell is going on in Florida, whatever the hell is running Missouri, that whole thing. So it's yeah. the Dems. So look, I'm from a rural area. You're saying basically, if I'm hearing you correctly, that the Democrats are the cause of the problem in some ways because they've ignored the red states. And the Republicans have such antipathy towards the Democrats and these sort of the elites from the coast because the elites from the coast don't come there and support them. But you're right. I think what you're saying is absolutely true. That cause of tension is on both sides and should certainly be like really enthusiastically encouraged by the events of the last few days because they were able to make such inroads. And certainly going forward, they should be making inroads everywhere. There's no reason why they should be ignoring certain districts, not funding them. So in some cases, until recently, until this year, there were some districts where they just didn't even bother putting up candidates. 
it's not what we should be doing. I think each state deserves a coherent argument from both sides. If we're going to have a two-party system, you got to both be show up. Otherwise, you're going to land up with a mess. Absolutely. And let's look at the composition of the Democrats. There was a ton of critique from the progressive left about this. A lot of folks in rural areas, post-Bill Clinton, 1992 onward, where we strategically engaged with China and strategically sent a whole bunch of factories over there. And then NAFTA. And just practically, union membership declined as the boom generation aged out. There were fewer manufacturing jobs. A lot of that, and these things are all very complicated. The good old days of the 70s and union labor, let's not forget what that America looked like in other regards. Rivers on fire, a fair amount of union corruption, to put it mildly, that still sticks around today, right? So again, no rose-colored glasses here. What was it and what is it and what is it going to be? When the Clintons took over the Democratic Party, there was, and they called it the third way, but a lot of it was the Chinese way and the globalization way. And we had the end of the Soviet Union, so that was a new strategic direction. So I don't want to go back and Monday morning quarterback the decisions that happened there of engaging with those despotism-led <laughs> countries. Yeah. But if you just take all that, okay, great, that's what happened. If you're in rural Illinois, if you're in rural Nebraska or the Rust Belt all over the place, Southern Ohio, Kentucky, your life got worse. Your health care got more expensive. You want your kids to go to college, but now they need huge loans. The economic life in America of the working class that was built after World War II and that what made this country the most powerful nation in history we took that apart starting in the 90s. And so there's a lot of lot of voters who voted for both Obama and Trump because they're like, spare me your Democrats. Don't tell me that just getting a Democrat in there is going to necessarily improve my right. lot in life. Right. And they weren't wrong. No, no both parties have been uh, too willing to take foreign money and too willing to be engaged with foreign actors. And uh, that's where we landed up in this mess. That's just the truth. Every minute of narratives reporting Every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. One day you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative, where truth lives.